Hey there guys this is Amish Parmar over here and this is Rohan this side and let's get this episode started Okay this is a very current topic and very relevant in today's times Okay so do you think whenever someone is donating something photo should be clicked <laughs> Uh, that's a very tough decision if you ask me personally i think if i am donating something i wouldn't socialize it by clicking a picture and letting everyone know that i did it but if you talk about say politicians doing something good and stuff like that which i assume you are referring to they have to do it for the purpose of proof but i think for most of the cases it is just to show off that they are doing something good and uh, maybe so that the opposition party doesn't have to say on it something on those lines but i think most of the time it is not done with the true motive of getting the good being done but just to show off that you are actually doing something good but do you think the intention matters though if someone is doing it just for showing it off on social media do you think it matters the intention matters or do you think only the action matters so are you asking me that as long as the things are getting done it should be all right or it shouldn't be all right that's what yeah correct mm, i think the intention should matter because intention has to do something with the reason right why you are doing it if you are doing it for the sake of to show others then there is no point in doing it right because you will do it once you will do it twice and then you when others don't care about you doing it you will stop doing it but if you have good intentions and you are doing it just for the good of it then even if others don't recognize or praise your good it won't matter to you because you are not doing it for them you are doing it for yourself let us think of a situation okay assume both of us are very poor and we are in need of some donation some help from others maybe the government or some individual let us think about individuals for now so there are two people who have different intentions one person is really very kind hearted and compassionate and that person wants to donate and that person donates me say 1000 rupees there is this other person who is filthy rich and the intention is to just show off on social media and just letting people know that he is cool enough to donate whatever so that person donates you 10 lakh rupees it does not matter to this filthy rich person because he is filthy rich and 10 lakh rupees is nothing for him or her whereas the person who donated me that was like 50% of his or her monthly income or something so i got less money you got more money but the people who helped us they had very different intentions now would you still have your same opinion or would you change it see the instance that you have uh, explained right now here the subject of the whole scenario is the person who is receiving it and since when we are talking what i am assuming is that the subject of the whole discussion is the person who is donating it right so if you change the subject the scenario changes that's exactly why i gave this example right it does not matter what the subject is what matters at the end of the day is the help which is being received by the people who need it <laughs> now that's a very troubling and baffling question that you have asked and if you say that i received 10 lakhs and you received 1000 and we were both in the need of money i think of course i would be much more happy to receive such a huge amount and for me the intentions of that person who donated me this amount wouldn't matter but 
if i am a donor i think i would like to do it for myself rather than for the society or to show off to the public nice and i think that is also what many people do while they think about politics they always think about what was the intention of the politician or even when we talk about policy matters okay this was the intention of this policy but these were the unseen effects of the policy so on and so forth i don't think it matters at all intentions i don't really care about what i really care about is the actual effects and the actions which take place so whatever your ideology is whatever you personally think whatever your intention is i don't really care i just want results which includes actions and the impact that anything has anyway but when i asked this question i was not really thinking about politicians in the case of politicians i know that it becomes essential for them to document and also market whatever they are doing for their citizens so that they can they can use those material in their next election campaign so that they remain in power so it's obvious that politicians would need it but what if you're just thinking about individuals who are donating for now so when you donate something to someone would you click a picture and put it on the social media no and why is that because i don't want to let everyone know that i have donated something or some amount to someone and i don't think so that is something that has to be shared with the media so i don't think so it's important for everyone to know what i have done it's not important of course but you share pictures of the food you eat you share where you have been and the people you are with in your vlogs which you post on youtube so how is that different from this this isn't like whatever i do it comes to me because i want to do it and this just doesn't seem right to share with everyone that i have done something and even if i decide to do people might think that i'm just bragging which i am not so that's why maybe don't decide to do it but i in general don't just feel like doing that okay so your basic answer is you don't feel like it end of story and if you have to put a layer on it you would say that people might think that you're trying to brag which you're not and that's why you want to keep it private fair enough so you're also a very interesting person to ask this question to because i will let my listeners know that you have donated a large sum for my class okay so now that we actually have a situation where you have donated something to me or say for example you donated to someone else also would you like that person to click what has been done with their money you are asking me that if for example i donated to someone some mm. amount so you want you want to know that if i would want that person x to kind of show me what he did with that amount correct no i don't think so once i have donated i am done with my part and even if that other person x misuses that money for his or her own good that is not my lookout because i donated that person trusting that person that he or she will do good with that money and use it for the purpose of which i have donated him or her and i am sure that he won't do that bad but still i don't need any proof once i have donated it that's the end of story so basically i have also raised lot of funds for my class and other non teach for india classes within my school also for example there was a time when i was raising funds to buy 21 sets for 10th grade i was also collecting funds for some other worksheet wala book where they have four or five 
prelim like papers 10th grade for the 10th grade batch in my school and that was crowdsourced okay i just put up something on my status and many kind hearted people actually pitched in and gave some amount of money and none of them asked me for proof okay none of them asked me for proof none of them asked me to click pictures but i felt compelled to click pictures because i felt that i am answerable to them and that was the least i could do so when i actually bought the 21 sets ka books from a store i clicked a picture and i sent it to all the donors then when i took it to school i sent it to all donors then i clicked a picture with all the books kept on the desk with the students in the background and one picture and last year i also requested all the students to send a video message while they are saying thank you to the donors and uh, donors did not ask for this but i just felt compelled that the least they deserve is a thank you and that's why i went ahead and did it by myself uh, without them asking so what would you think about this my actions how would you judge them see i think that's very kind of you to think that you are compelled to your donors to let them know that their money is actually being utilized for what they have donated for and that's a very good thing actually but the thing i liked about it is that even though you felt compelled and you did it it was a good thing because if i am a donor i would be really happy to see that my money is actually being utilized i know it is being utilized but still a proof makes me a little more happy than no proof and talking about that picture of the 21 sets is a good thing but the picture of the books with the students and the students saying thank you that is all the more better because it in some ways encourages the donors to help for next time as well and because they know that their donation is helping people and making their lives a little better so it is kind of encouraging and motivating for the donors as well to keep donating and helping others exactly and, and yeah and continue. one more this is a bit off topic but while the whole time we were talking right now uh, the example that he gave me of me receiving 10 lakhs and you receiving a thousand bucks was always on the back of my mind and one thing clicked me that you said that the guy who donates to me is filthy rich and you do not become filthy rich by honest means right so i think on the way of him becoming filthy rich he has done more bad than he has done good by donating me 10 lakhs like most of the cases there are exceptions of course but i think that's the overview of what i wanted to say hmm uh, i'll come to your second point later firstly about your first point that's the exact reason why i do this because i know that it will make the donors very happy and just seeing say a bill of the 21 sets that which i have purchased from a store versus actually seeing smiling students faces and then telling you thank you and actually being able to see and hear the beneficiaries and what difference your money has made i think as you said that firstly makes them happy and it's good to spread happiness and secondly as you said it makes them more likely to donate further also and that's desirable and the reason this topic came to my mind was nowadays many people thankfully are donating a lot of money and most of the ration donation or food delivery food packets cooked food etc most of this responsibility has been taken up by the civil society and not the government which the government should have been able to do but it hasn't been able to do so individual people and various ngos have stepped up and have taken this job and because of this many people have started clicking pictures and this statement has been circulating a lot in on social media which says uh, whenever you go to help someone keep your camera at home and i know that these posts whoever is writing them or sharing them they are coming from a good place but i just think that they don't understand the dynamics of donations and fundraising and actually going out and helping and it was good to know that you agree that whatever is being done at least from you 
who generally donates, at least for my school, you have donated more than once. So a donor has told me that, okay, this does make a difference. And that's reassuring. But only one last point, which I wanted to point out in all this is at the end of the day, I think the person who's actually receiving the help should not feel uncomfortable. So when I tried to take a video of the students with the books on their benches, I requested them, okay. But again, because I was in the position of power, I don't think they could have said no. But I did ask them at least the formality I did. And to be honest, if some of them would have said no, I would have asked them to please step out of the class for some time. Let me take the video, then you all can come back. But obviously, but it's easier said than done. So because I was in a position of power and that was not my class, my interaction with them has been a very bare minimum and uh, they were not comfortable enough to say on my face that they are not comfortable so i'm sure some of them might have felt uncomfortable also these days when people are distributing rations they are clicking pictures when students or the parents have rations in their hand and if i would need a similar help someday and someone requests me to take a picture with me holding the rations i think i'll be very uncomfortable to do that but generally even now if someone asks me if they want to click a picture a stranger especially i don't think i'll say no because i just don't want to hurt the person who is requesting or it would just be too awkward and i would just say yes it will be very difficult for me to say no and now that this position of power is there where you are taking something from someone and you are being helped i think it was very difficult for anyone to say no for a picture. I don't know if everyone is asking for the permission or not. But anyway, even if they do ask for permission, I think it will be very difficult to say no. That is a problem that I see in this. So ideally, I would like everyone's permission to be taken and also the person who is asking for permission to take a call on whether this person is feeling uncomfortable or not. And if he or she sees even a hint of discomfort, I think they should just back off. I don't think you need to click each and everyone's picture, even if four or five friendly people who are very much up for this, they can be clicked. So yeah, there are some caveats, but uh, I just wanted to put this out that sometimes it's necessary to click a picture because the money is exchanging so many hands and for you to ensure accountability, you need picture proof also sometimes. If you're doing this for proof, I primarily do it so that I can put a smile on my donor's face. But if you're doing this for proof, I think what can be done is you can take a full length video from a far away place so that people, faces, expressions, identities is not revealed and no one will feel uncomfortable. But then the issue of privacy comes in. You're recording someone without their knowledge. So it's a little complicated that way. <laughs> I think there are a lot of points I want to make right now. Starting with your case that when you were going to record the video for the donors, you requested the students and uh, they mostly said yes and you did that and made the video. I think it's a little easier to deal with students or children in general because children are not that self-conscious about their portrayal in the front of society. But so, Ten standard students are always because... Oh, okay. Ten standard. Yeah. Okay. So they are like young adults and they would be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So as you grow up, it becomes more uncomfortable for you to get clicked receiving help because see, no one wants others to know that they are in need of help. It's just embarrassing sometimes. Yes, it's embarrassing. So with adults, it's all the more embarrassing. But like you said, if someone is helping you, you maybe 
are not in a position to say no and then it falls in the hands of the donors to make a call that okay if that person is really uncomfortable i think they already are going through a lot because they are in need of help and that's why the donor is helping him and on the top of that you are making them uncomfortable i think that's not a good idea so like you said you could not take picture of every single person you help couple of them would be fine and what's next that i wanted to say is see as you said that i have been donating to your school and your cause for more than once and i think you and one of my friend who also works for an ngo i think i only donate to both of you because i feel a little paranoid because first of all it is not easier to earn money and it has been very recently that i have started earning my own money before that before 6 months or so i used to use my parents money and whatever donations i made then it was technically their money and it was with their permission that i did that but now since i have my own money i think i have become all the more paranoid with where my money is getting utilized because i know and trust you guys i know that the ngo you work for is a good one and it will definitely be used for the right cause i can donate with my eyes closed i won't have any trust issues with donating to you guys but when it comes to some random donations i feel a bit skeptical and i wouldn't be comfortable donating to them especially if you have noticed like there are students generally at skywalk and crowded places asking for donations showing you some pictures and stuff and i really don't feel comfortable donating to them because we don't know exactly if this money is being used for them or not so i try and avoid donating over there uh, yeah that's i think that's all Yeah, for such people, I straight away say no. I won't say straight away no because I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> But uh, what I'll do is I just say that I don't have enough money. So end of story. There are some people who will randomly call you up and say that there is this operation going on and this person needs so much money, etc. Firstly, you called me, so game over. <laughs> you should not have called me. <laughs> I'm uh, not gonna pick up. <laughs> uh but i do pick up so nowadays i have to pick up because my students and their families will call from some random number sometimes yeah. they are brothers number sometimes some relatives number so i have to pick up unknown calls now <laughs> not only pick up unknown calls i also have to call them up again if i do miss them in any case anyway so if they are calling me up i just say i don't have money and i don't think they can beat that but when i have put up status saying that my class needs money for so and so reason there have been people who have messaged me asking is this your own class and they have asked me two three questions so these are not close friends or family members these are acquaintances whom you just know that there is this person who exists so and so is his name etc so they will ask me two three questions is this your class uh, where is this school whom do you work for so on and so forth and after verifying that they will put up my status as their status so that it reaches to more people and surprisingly there are four or five people whom i don't know at all and they have given like 500 rupees 1000 rupees etc so they at least four or five so that would amount to 2000 rupees and 2000 rupees may you can buy rations for 15 days for four five families so there are some people who are trusting blindly like it's, it's not exactly blindly but they are trusting people like me and other people who are just sharing my statuses and they are paying it up and it's significant that's what i wanted to say and i understand where the paranoia comes from but uh, i think your paranoia is a little too much like i am not as paranoid as i am but i am more miser than you 
to be honest like you donate huge sums i i don't think i'll be able to donate such a huge sum anytime soon uh, and that's why overall when i think about my entire life i want structures for me i want rules for me so that i don't have to think every time so i was thinking like at some point of time i'll just have a rule that 20% or 30% of my salary is going to be donated every month so that i don't have to think about it because when people like you or anyone donate large sums it just inspires me another inspiring person in my life is dr apj abdul kalam and he used to donate lot of his money so because these are my idols i would like to at least do a small part of what they try to do and that's why i wanted to have a rule in my life but i don't know i think i'm still being miser i'm i am telling myself okay this is not a job this is a fellowship after this i might have to study again i need to save etc so that's why i don't have that rule as of now but at some point of time in my life i will have that rule yeah so i was just saying that i think you are a little too paranoid and i just hope that you become a little more relaxed in that sense i think volunteering will also help you know you haven't volunteered as much although you did volunteer for my class by checking their answer sheets and all <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you need to actually see what the civil society is doing maybe be beach cleaning maybe doing some bmc work maybe working with the schools etc and once you start working with them then you understand the value of your money and you become a little more confident okay yeah there are some very good people in this world who really work very very hard to get things done and make this world a better place and that i think will wash away your paranoia to some extent i am really interested and excited that when do i get to be a part of a beach cleanup because that is something i really stand for but unfortunately i have never been a part of that i'm not used to surfing on facebook but i have heard that there are some beach cleanup drive post over there and once i noticed one such post but i was unfortunately in pune so i couldn't participate but yes i would love to be a part of that and speaking of actually volunteering for social work i would love to do that as well but i want my interaction with people to be less that's why i think i would like to go for a beach cleanup drive rather than to teach students because i don't think so i'm i'm not very comfortable or i'm not very i think comfortable is not the correct word i don't think so i i don't trust myself that i think i am that good to do something good to other people something on those lines i don't know so that's why i don't feel very comfortable to actually volunteer like you and uh, one of my friend does but why why are you so afraid of actually interacting with people i don't understand and you are saying that you feel you are inept to actually make a difference uh, in other people's yes. life but i i feel that but you are underestimating the privilege you have had for the last so many years because you were financially stable and you had parents who actually believed in education you've got education which most of india does not because of this fact that you have got very good education in a metropolitan city like mumbai you have traveled extensively you studied in one of the very good universities of india so on and so forth you're speaking in english even if you go and teach people how to speak in english or read english i think that would be such a good big difference in someone's life and if there's something else for example something like i am doing i'm teaching full time for that no one is ready and no one actually is a teacher by itself all these ngos they're going to train you for whatever job they're putting you in 
So I got 1.5 months residential training in Pune before I became a full-time teacher here in Mumbai. Similarly, when I was volunteering for Make a Difference, I just to mentor a few youths in shelter homes. They used to have regular trainings. In those trainings, they will tell you how to respond if someone is telling you something very bad that happened to them. Say, for example, how do you first interact with someone? Uh, how do you break the ice? They will give you activities. I mean, some of them are very structured. And you have many resources to get help from so that you feel very much equipped. And you won't be alone also. Many of the cases, you work as a team. So there will be so many people who are doing this for the first time like you. So you'll learn from each other, etc. So that is also a very good value proposition of volunteering. You know, you, you meet some amazing people when you volunteer. Because all of these people mostly are kind-hearted, compassionate and also cool. Yeah, I think the word I was looking for is that I think I feel I'm very emotional when it comes to these things. To give you an example that whenever you say that what your students are facing in day-to-day life and when we used to talk about your mentee, when you used to volunteer during our bachelors, when I become very emotional, I'm not able to think properly and that hampers my thinking. And generally, this is the case that children who need such volunteers, they come for a very poor background and just listening to their stories or just being with them will make me feel very sad. I or my brain take it in the wrong way. You remember that uh, local train wall incident. I think we should tell our listeners what happened. So you just started teaching at this school. You said that you were teaching in ninth class and I just were generally asking how is teaching and all and looking from your expressions and judging by your tone, it was really very hectic and very hard for you to become a teacher and I understand it. It's not an easy job. Like we all think that we have to work for just half the day from morning, say eight o'clock to afternoon, one o'clock. It's not that you have to work for the whole day and it's a very I might say stressful as well. So then I told you that how are things going in your class? So you said that you were assigned to teach mathematics and science, but uh, many of the students from your class are having difficulty in basic English reading and basic mathematical operations like addition and subtraction. So while you were saying this, it was very depressing for me to hear. And if I would have been at your place, I, I think I would have quit because I'm just mentally not prepared to deal with these things. And I I felt really sad for those students. It's not that I'm lacking compassion, uh, but I don't think so. It's my cup of tea to handle. I told that that this is very depressing to hear. How can you still teach them? So you said that that is all the more reason for me to teach them. Right. So it in a way inspires you to do more. But I think the reaction with me is totally opposite. And I go into depression hearing that. Hmm. To be honest, I think everyone feels the same way. Maybe you might feel that at a higher intensity. And I just think you are undermining the support you get. For example, that is the case with many of my fellow teachers' classes and their students. But it's just that we are in this together. We have this sense of community and we have very good support as well. Like our managers will really help us go out of their way and support us. And it's not just SSC how you should do this, you should do that in your class kind of feedback, but also mental support, emotional support and just being there for us. Our managers go to huge lengths to support us that way. And I think you're just undermining that because you don't know how much we are supported. I think that you have a feeling that you will just fail miserably. Anyway, uh, but I think you should at least start. As you said, beach cleaning is something you might be interested in. Uh, There's a website called as iVolunteer, I think, where they have updates 
of what all volunteering opportunities are present in and around you and it keeps changing and keeps refreshing so i think you would look into that and i think you should put it in the description so that if any of our listeners are interested they might also check it out you know most of our i mean most of the listener audience which comes from my side whenever i share the link it's mostly from <laughs> most it's mo- okay it's mostly from teach for india and make a difference so these people are already either working full time for non profits or already volunteering or any anyway, i'll do that you can do it for the listeners from my side yeah cool uh one more thing that i wanted to add is that when you said that you needed a rule for yourself that you will donate some percentage of your salary because you don't want to think about when you are doing it so once you start earning a fixed salary like once you get a proper job you would decide that okay this this percentage of my salary would be donated and just end with it you won't think twice about that right correct so that is true and that that works amazing because that ensures that you are donating every month or donating periodically but when there are sudden instances like this corona situation these are not mm-hmm. in our hand right this is Correct. a sudden backlash that we all are facing so at this point of time your donations would matter all the more so i think Correct. it's it's good to like have some amount of money at the back which you could like donate if something of an emergency arises i think yeah so what i could do is put 10% of my earnings into some ngos which i could randomly select or whichever is in my view at that point of time and the rest of the 10% i could just put in some fund and whenever such a big calamity disaster or some problem comes up i can just take out a big sum of money and then donate that yeah something along those lines and you said that i'm being very paranoid about donating so the thing is as i said i started earning very recently and i think i wanted to do a donation with my first salary and i did that so so i'm not that paranoid as you're thinking i just don't trust many people and when when you have a personal attachment to the person who is involved with the donations it gives you a personal feeling like you said that even though that those four five persons you had no idea whom they were they still donated and it come up to be a good amount which could be helpful for the families your acquaintances knowing them and the other way around that proved to be a little helpful because it mentally ensures that okay this person is trustworthy and he or she knows what he is doing so i think that just becomes a little helpful and it persuades the donor to donate a little bit more i feel true but now that we are on this topic of donation i would also like to tell our listeners that we are recording this on 2nd of may the lockdown has been extended till 17th of which means many of the families of our students are still going to need more help more support so if anyone after listening to such a long jive about donations and <laughs> clicking pictures around rations etc if you all feel like donating please kindly feel free to message me and then we can take it further how you all can donate and how you all can help the families of our students not just my students but also the entire school and the community where the school is they are in dire need of support many of them don't have money if they have some medical emergencies if the ration of the house is exhausted they don't have money to buy more and also there are daily expenses like uh, if someone has diabetes they have to take monthly medicines uh, there's vegetables there's milk etc so if any one of you all after listening to all this felt like i should donate 
please feel free to message me and i think most of our listeners do know me personally and they'll have my contact number if not i'll just put my email id i guess in the description one more thing that i wanted to add is that when you said that you would be happy to donate a fixed percentage of your amount i i always found that to be an unreasonable thing to do I, in the sense that let me take the listeners and you a little bit into the past so that you understand what i mean to say so whenever we go to restaurants like iron rohan often do and often did in a bachelors uh, rohan used to always tip the hotel staff a fixed percentage of the bill once i remember he i think he tipped the waiter around 200 or 300 bucks which i felt was too much to tip i think <laughs> anything around 20 to 30 rupees would be very generous but 200 or 300 is just 10 times that and he did that and i felt i was very uncomfortable to see that amount on the table i thought that rohan forgot to take his change back and i reminded him that i think you forgot your cash so he said no actually that's the tip and i was really confused <laughs> so and he said that okay he donates say 10% of the bill amount to the waiter and i don't think so i have seen anyone do that and i don't think so i'll ever see anyone do that actually because i think that's a very weird thing to do but that's a good thing to do as well so do you still continue that habit first of all i hate tipping okay i don't like tipping and the reason is you always have to think about it and i hate thinking and i hate making choices wherever i can i would like to not have a choice so i like restaurants where they have a upfront service charge so i don't have to think about it for example pizza till a few years back had service charge it was around 10% so you need not tip them because they have already taken service charge and that is i think i hope is distributed among the waiters equally and even the chefs and cooks etc equally i i think the 10% of the bill which they do not deserve for the pure service <laughs> i would agree <laughs> with that yeah okay so, continue so that would be ideal but that is not practice in most of the restaurants and cafes so now the next question is if i say i fix my tipping amount because i don't want to think about it again and again i fixed my amount to say you are saying 30 rupees is very generous i agree with that 30 rupees is generally in most of the cases very generous so i keep 30 rupees but what if you go in a very high fi restaurant and you tip 30 rupees now here my problem is not that i be seen as a cheap person who is just tipping 30% in such a big restaurant that is least of my concern if people think i'm cheap it's okay all i care about is the people who i'm always with or the people whom i love they know the kind of person i am and if that's cheap it's okay but what other people are thinking i'm not really concerned about that but my concern is and i think that's a fact which my father often tells me is the hotel industry actually pays their employees less anticipating that they are going to get this remaining amount in tips so because the restaurant owner knows that around 2 to 5000 this person is going to earn through tips i'll give them 2 to 5000 salary less every month suppose according to the average which the owner has calculated the average was 50 rupees per tip but i paid 30 rupees it means i have taken that 20 rupees from his or her salary and that is not something i'm comfortable with so i just want to tip more than that average every time so that i am feeling better about myself and again i don't want to think about it again and again that's why i have fixed percentages in place so it's not a simple 10% every time as you are thinking so it's different <laughs> i have different layers or different buckets so anything less than 500 it's 
And everyone used to pay me then individually through Google Pay or actually giving me out cash. And that's why I used to do all this tipping. But now most of this is done by someone else in my group, whichever group I go. So I don't remember tipping this. And last two, three times which I've tipped, I remember just putting out 1500 rupees without actually calculating. Because teacher's job is very uh, <laughs> exhausting. I don't want to do even that calculation. So I remember not doing the calculations. But yeah, I think... Now that you have reminded me, I'll again start doing the calculations. But I always do tip though. I always see whether if there's service charge and if there's no service charge, I'll definitely tip. Even if it's a huge group and no one has bothered to think about the tip, I'll just pull out 100 bucks or 200 bucks from my pocket and just keep it there and leave. Okay, interesting. One thing that I noticed or one thing that came to my mind is that for me, tipping is generally how the service of that restaurant was. It has nothing to do with the bill amount or anything. If I found the service to be good enough, I would tip. I think my maximum tip would be around 50 bucks. I have never exceeded that. However good the restaurant might be. And mostly if it's a good restaurant, I have been invited as a guest. I am not expected to pay the bill. So let alone tip them. Uh, But I think if the service of the restaurant is good, I don't mind tipping. But mostly if you go to the normal restaurants like the family places the service is nothing out of the blue the waiter comes takes your order places the order and goes so i don't think so i feel i like there's an urge for me to tip that person but generally even i have tried since especially since i've started earning and i think i did that back in pune as well so I always tip and the least amount is 10 bucks. The maximum amount is 50 bucks. But I also always tip. You said that it's a fixed amount, right? But let's consider a case where the service was very poor and pathetic. And the server was very rude and uh, he did not did his job well. It took 20 minutes for him to get the menu out. Another 10 minutes to get water in a table. Let's consider an average pizza art experience, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So, even then you would tip or you wouldn't tip. Okay. Let me give some background first, okay? From what I know, well, tipping actually originated was in America when they set up restaurants. There were no waiters. So, there was self-service. You went to the counter, ordered and take took the food for yourself. And because there was some people saw an opportunity and people who were not employees of those restaurants came in. And they started serving food for people who came and sat on the table. And it was a very informal thing to do. So a random person is just coming in and asking people if they need something. And in response to that service, which was not from the employee or the restaurant, they started tipping these people. And that's, I think, where it originated from. So that tradition just carried on. And even when restaurants had their employees actually being waiters serving food and taking up the orders, the tradition of tipping did not stop. And if you are following that tradition, I think what you are doing makes sense. Basically, your tipping is a response to the quality of service you get. But as I said, I am not doing it for that. I am not responding to the kind of service I am getting. I am just trying to not eat away anyone's salary. So now coming to your uh, example you gave, again, I would draw inspiration from my father. 
so i and my family go out a lot okay and he always tip and when i was very young i used to be very frustrated i would see my father tipping so much to waiters i would always suggest him that dad if you actually started saving these 10 and 20 bucks you would be so rich by now and i used to actually make calculations <laughs> when i was young and uh, he always tried to explain me so his first explanation was okay we should help the poor but i would say you are tipping also in a very good restaurant those people are not poor they are earning enough and then one day he told me that the owners actually pay them less because they are anticipating the waiters will get some salary so coming to your example when that has happened with us when we have gone out as a family uh, my father has a very short temper and a very high ego as well so if anyone is even slightly rude to him he'll just burst out in anger he'll call the manager he'll call the owner and he'll just make a big fuss about it and uh, surprisingly what he would do is <laughs> even then after everything he would tip them and i would ask at the end of it when he's cooled down of course i would ask him that he did not give you good service and you were so frustrated and angry on this person even then why did you choose to tip this person and he would always say that whatever service he gave us whatever treatment he gave us or however this person is the term or the phrase he uses konacha potavar lat nahi marayche so what he means is you should not play with someone's earnings so at the end of the day i think my father and i uh, now have the same belief that tipping is not okay you've done a good job so you're something extra it is his or her right and it is his or her rightful salary that's the way we try to look at it and if that is the case however bad the service was we would still give that tip not less not high the one we would give to any other waiter what a father does is obviously if he gets very good treatment he would tip more that is what he would do but i don't like to make those decisions okay how good was the service how much more uh, is 10 rupees more acceptable or 100 rupees or etc i don't want to make that calculations so if, if the service is very good or if it's very bad very pathetic i won't waver and i'll just stick to my 10% 8% and 6% rule Oh, interesting, interesting. Let's let's consider an example that you go out with your friend and it's a very good restaurant, like one of the high-end restaurants, right? So there is, say, suppose for example, bill of course comes more than thousand bucks. Let's say for the three or four of you guys, the bill is over six thousand bucks. Let's say, for example, okay. So according to your uh, rule, six percent. The bill is it should be six percent, right? So six thousand. comes out around 350 or 400 bucks. Let's say 400 bucks. It's okay. 360. 360. Did you calculate or did you use the calculator? No, I use the calculator on my mobile. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I feel so sad for both of us. But okay. <laughs> so it's 360, right? Hmm. It's 360 bucks. Okay. So... that's that but when you check the bill you come to know that they have charged a service charge of 20% on the hmm. bill so you hmm. instead of your 6% you have to pay 20% so hmm. would you tell them that you don't want to pay that service charge or would you just quietly pay the amount and leave no i would never actually confront anyone <laughs> because <laughs> i am very bad at confrontation but i think it's a fair deal because i think I hope that restaurant had written it in their menu cards that they do charge a twenty percent. I think only then it's fair. If they have not written any such thing on their menu cards, and even then they are charging twenty percent, I think it's not ethical for them to do that. And I would be really pissed if they do that. 
and if i'm in the mood i may confront them because technically you are allowed to refuse it and some people started refusing once this story went viral that you could refuse service charge and many people started refusing that service charge and i think that is why many restaurants stopped charging the service charge but i personally would never do that and i think it's okay to do that if you have printed on your menu card you already know what you're getting into no even if they have printed it on their menu card i think you still have a right to you do. tell them that you don't want to pay you do, so you would do. you still do that or would you want i won't because i don't like confrontation i'm very bad at it it's very unpleasant for me to do that okay cool we haven't discussed about that example that you gave me and i said that the source of that filthy rich guy would be some corrupt means hmm. you remember yes. yeah so you you are going to say something on that yeah right uh, before that i think there was another point which i wanted to make so when you were talking about your paranoia i told you that if someone randomly calls me and asks me this is this child who has to go through this operation and we need some money i am going to refuse it because i don't trust them and secondly you called me but i have on occasion helped random strangers for example i remember once on dadar station ka bridge someone came to me and that person looked very sad and that person started saying that so and so thing has happened i don't have a wallet and i need to get somewhere i want to buy the ticket and i need uh, so much so much money so i asked him how much is the ticket and he said 100 bucks so i just took out my wallet gave him 100 bucks and started walking off because i was in a hurry and uh, and i did not do it because i just want to wanted to get rid of him i really wanted to help that person and i did and that person looks so surprised pleasantly surprised of course <laughs> that i just took a 100 bucks and gave it to him and uh, yeah that's the difference in person conversations make because when i saw his expressions i saw his body language i felt he was genuine and uh, even if he was not being genuine even if he was just acting out i think it's okay it was just 100 bucks it's like saying if 10 people come to me and i help all of them and out of them say nine of them were actually not in need and were just making a fool out of me i'm okay as long as i'm helping that one person so i'm okay with that fortunately 100 bucks is not a huge deal for me and my family but if 10 people come and ask me for 1 lakh rupees and even one of them is fooling around i think i'll be that, that will affect me a lot the small small things i can definitely do i mean even random acts of kindness Uh, although i haven't been able to do it consistently but whenever i do it i love to do it so maybe when you're going in an ice cream parlor just paying for the next person saying whoever comes next gets a free ice cream so on so forth i think these small things make a huge difference in this world so i think i would encourage you to do either be more trusting of people or if you don't want to go that route even start doing some random acts of kindness and then you could share on the show how it feels uh okay so coming to what you asked right now could you repeat what you were hinting at so what i said is you gave the example that the intention doesn't matter as long as the person in need is getting help hmm. i received the help of 1 lakh rupees and you received the help of 1000 bucks so that is a huge difference and the person who helped me was filthy rich and for him 1 lakh is not a huge amount so he just gave it to me and donated it to me and hmm. it was not a big deal for him or her and the person who donated it to you even though it's a very small amount that was a huge percentage of his or her income so mm. that mattered a lot to him or her but still that person decided to donate it to you so what i meant to say is or what i wanted to ask is that the person who donated to me as you said was filthy rich and for him one lakh is not a huge amount but when you become a filthy rich person the means by which you become so are not generally uncorrupted so i think that on his or her way to 
achieve such huge amounts of money he has done more wrong to people then he has done good to me by donating me 1 lakh that's what i wanted to get at hmm. firstly i would accept that sadly today in our world that's mostly true but over this last few weeks since the lockdown and the pandemic i've been thinking a lot about capitalism and communism like i've been thinking about this a lot for the last 2 3 years anyway but the lockdown has even made me more wary of this dilemma which i have whether communism is the right way to go socialism is the right way to go or capitalism is the right way to go and in simple terms capitalism works okay at least in the short run it works for example once the pandemic was announced by the world health organization and even in india you start getting one or two cases here and there of people testing positive for coronavirus people started panicking and it was advised that everyone should use sanitizers so sanitizers prices went up people started selling sanitizers which cost 70 80 rupees for 300 400 bucks so government saw this and government capped the price of sanitizers do you think this is a correct move or a wrong move for the government to do what did the government do again they capped the price of the sanitizers so people were what does that mean so say for example you cannot charge more than 100 rupees for this much amount of sanitizers oh okay ha huh, i think that's a very good move since the government has observed the trend of shopkeepers charging way more than what the actual worth of that product is and isn't that why we have mrps because i don't think a shopkeeper is allowed to charge even a single dime more than the mrp of the product so if the mrp of the sanitizer is 70 80 rupees i don't think so he has any right to charge 300 rupees whatever the situation might be Yeah, apart from the MRP, if say I, for example, am a manufacturer and uh, I see that sanitizers demand has shot up, and I don't have much supply, so the new batch which I'm printing, I'll just increase the MRP, na. So technically and legally, I can overcome that by just changing the labels and officially increasing the MRP of my sanitizers from the manufacturer side. But the government said that you cannot charge so much. That's It's immoral to do that, and for this much amount of sanitizer, you cannot charge more than this much amount. Do you think even if the MRP is high, say three hundred rupees for a seventy rupees bottle which you bought two months back, would you say it's okay for the government to come in and say to cap the price of the sanitizers? Yes, yes, I think I'll be with the government side this time because capping the price of the sanitizers is the moral thing to do. when you talk about these uh, shopkeepers or these uh, manufacturers they are always looking for their own profit right mm. so they wouldn't care if for example sanitizers is a very crude example i think so there might be much more severe examples as well so they wouldn't care if the general public is in really need for the product like most of the manufacturers i'm talking about not all of them there might be some exceptions again but most of them would only care about their own profit like a true businessman so i think the government getting into this matter and capping price of the product is actually the correct thing to do correct so even i would have thought the same thing but even if you have a minimum understanding of the markets and how economics works the other side of this is there was an opportunity as well so for now if you say today there are 10 manufacturers of sanitizers and the demand has shot up now because the demand has shot up in the short term for the next one month or so everyone is going to increase their prices of the sanitizers and they are always obviously as you said they are thinking about their profits so everyone has increased their prices of their sanitizers but because of the increase in the prices of the sanitizers 
the profit margin has increased for each and every manufacturer. So what this does is it invites other manufacturers to start making sanitizers. So they also want a bite of this pie. So because of this, the number of manufacturers actually manufacturing sanitizers that increases. And anyway, you need the supply side to also increase the production because the demand is high, right? So when you cap the price of the sanitizers, everyone is getting the same amount of profit, no matter how much they supply. So there is no incentive for other manufacturers to make more sanitizers. But if this continued, say for another one month, what this would have done is invited more manufacturers to make sanitizers. And when more players come into the market, the prices would automatically go down because of competition. So the supply is also increased in the long term, which is needed. Now people are facing shortage of sanitizers because of capping up the price. So there's this other side also. So this is called as market forces. And it is believed that in capitalism, market forces are supreme and they will take care of everything. And I'm not saying this is foolproof. Obviously, there are problems. And uh, the main problem here is people are only thinking about their profits. And our assumption that this is going to play out well and this is going to help the society and uh, always lead to solving of many problems or all problems is incorrect. Because of this system itself, we have such high inequalities in our society. This is the reason why Ambani's have become what they are. This is the reason why Amazon has become what they are. Capitalism, in theory, actually really works. But if you see in the real world, it has also caused a lot of inequality. Another example I would like to give is when private players started coming in to test coronavirus, they were allowed to charge up to 4 to 4.5 thousand rupees per test, which was being done for free in government hospitals. Then Supreme Court came in between and said that all the COVID-19 tests have to be absolutely free. Now, if I own a clinic and I had started testing people for coronavirus and the Supreme Court is telling me I cannot make any profits out of it. Why would I even try to test people with coronavirus? And because I have to absolutely do it for free, I'm actually going to incur loss. And I might be ready to incur loss for the short term, for the nation, for the people, etc. But I also have to pay my employees. I have to pay the bills. I have to pay the electricity bill. I have to pay the internet charges, etc., etc. So it's just not possible. And I think instant what they should have done is they should have encouraged private people saying that y'all charge whatever y'all want and some of the amount will be compensated by the government. Now you're allowing people to make profits out of it. And because people are going to make profits out of it, people are encouraged to set up more and more labs. And that is what India needs right now, right? The entire world or the entire country is criticizing our government because they think that we aren't testing enough. And if you just incentivize other people to get a piece of this pie and set up testing labs for this particular virus, I think that is the way to go forward. And the market force take care of everything. And there are also some good examples also. For example, there's Azim Premji. There is uh, Tata's. So these people are known to do their businesses very well. And even after doing their business very well and being profitable, they have done mostly ethically. You hear very good things about the way they do their business. Um, but again, there are some counter examples as well. For example, Sweden has entirely nationalized healthcare system. So all their hospitals are government hospitals and you cannot choose which hospital you go to. It's already fixed according to your location. So you don't get the choice. For example, now if I 
fall ill i can either go to a local hospital or i could go to the best hospital in mumbai or i could go to a government hospital there you don't have that choice but everything is government so you don't have to really care about it so they have done it effectively even though it is government ka hospital all of the hospitals are world class so you also see these counter examples where they say yes even if the government is owning everything everything can be taken care of so that's the dilemma i had so coming to what you actually asked you said that people have made a lot of money they have mostly or probably made it by unfair means and i just wanted to say that it's not always true and there are counter examples and i think it's an endless topic to think whether capitalism is the right way to go or socialism or communism uh, see i also myself mentioned that obviously there are going to be some exceptions of people who do not make money by unfair means so obviously exceptions will be there but i was talking about the majority of the cases say as far as 95% of the cases there are in the world that's sadly true coming yes. yes coming to the hand sanitizer example of yours i can find a couple of things not correct with your way of thinking or the capitalism way of thinking right first of all you said that the supply of hand sanitizer is going to be less or is less and the uh, uh, demand is more so it might invite other manufacturers to put up sanitizer manufacturing units so that even they can get a piece of this pie but do you think a manufacturer would invest to make a whole new unit for manufacturing sanitizers just for one month like that doesn't sound feasible yeah that depends na nah, i mean not everyone is going to do that like not people like you and me are going to do that but if someone is into making chemicals and just by making small changes in the way they work or the equipments they have if they can start manufacturing sanitizers i think it is possible for them now if they don't have the incentive because the prices are already capped they would take the efforts to actually tweak it and buy new equipments or make changes in their processes to make sanitizers so obviously i did not mean that everyone will start making it but people who are well equipped enough who already have some of the equipment already deal with various chemicals they could jump into it but now because the prices are capped they don't have any reason to do that even even if the prices would not have been capped i think that won't be reason enough and i think this happening would be a little bit improbable i think in theory it's possible but practically i'm not very sure also if you're not capping the prices and allowing the manufacturers to charge whatever they want at the end of the day you are exploiting the general public and at such crucial moments of time that is not the correct thing to do be it ethically be it morally or be it in general as well so some government body or some higher authority has to come into picture and there has to be a limit to what you can do see if your final goal is to increase supply of sanitizers whatever the government did was not correct i mean there's no opinion here it was not the correct thing to do you can go and see whether the supply of sanitizers has increased or not so your end goal is not met that's my point so if your goal was to increase the supply of sanitizers you have failed now if your goal was to increase the supply of manufacturers but also in the short term not deprive majority of the people who want to buy sanitizers of this privilege in that case even i have failed through my capitalist way because in the short term at least many people did not get and only the rich people who could afford it got the sanitizers so i also accept my defeat if that was the purpose so i would rather want everyone to think with respect to what the goal is and what the objective is and then see whether whatever they are deciding whatever policy or rules they are imposing is the final objective being met and in this case 
if the objective was to increase the supply the government has definitely failed if uh, the supreme court's final objective was to increase widespread testing the supreme court's decision has failed see if i was the government at that point of time coming back to the hand sanitizer example in particular my end goal is definitely not as far as i can think of to increase the sanitizer supply my goal if i was a government employee and i was asked to make the decision to cap the prices or not my goal would be as simple as to get majority of the population which is by far we know very poor or if not very poor middle class and below that income level they should get the product which is quite essential these days at a fair price so i think if i was a manufacturer and i would tweak the price from 70 80 to say 100 120 i think that can be allowed but to price or to charge more than 100% of the product that is just unethical and the government has done its duty by capping it coming to the example of you said uh, that testing of corona patients i don't know if in reality supreme court has ordered that all the corona virus tests should be absolutely free of charge because that doesn't make sense because why would private sectors do corona test that to free of charge and i think when a patient who is suspected to have corona or, or when any person who comes into the clinic i don't know how exactly the tests are done i suppose they might be via blood test or something hmm. but the people who are working in the clinic they also are in the radius of getting infected and they in some ways are putting their lives on the line just by doing what they generally do that is their work and still they not being compensated in a way that for example if the owner of the clinic is not earning enough earning anything if corona testing is the only thing that the clinic does then in some ways or the other it is going to affect the salaries of the people who work there so completely making it free of charge that too for private organizations is very wrong i would feel but even i feel that 4000 to 5000 rupees just for corona testing is too much people for people like us who could afford it it might not seem a very big amount but i think for the general public that is too high and we also want people to be not afraid of getting tested that is one thing i have learnt so far so for example even if someone has the symptoms of corona it is not as deadly as in it is of course deadly and it, it can affect others and it spreads widely but if you have the symptoms the sooner you get tested and the sooner you know the results the better so that the treatment can start and you do not affect your near ones and loved ones with this virus so you want people to test or get tested and not be afraid by it of what people might think what the society might think and if you are charging so much amount then i think even money becomes a factor for people for being tested true so in case of the supreme court's decision what i would ideally would have loved to see is private players charging whatever the hell they want to test and the government compensating for most of it so say for example a private lab is charging 4500 the government is paying 4000 of it and the 500 is actually have to be paid by the person who is getting tested and there is always a virtual cap on what is the higher limit a lab can charge and that is because there are other players as well so if someone is charging 10000 and other one is charging 4000 no one is going to go to that person who is charging 10000 that's what i mean by the market forces will take care of it but yeah i mean i also want to admit that i am no expert here i have not studied economics and this is just superficial knowledge just interesting topics to talk about so although i may seem very confident in whatever i'm saying i have no credibility and uh, 
I am no expert here. So yeah, just opinions, nothing more. See, that's the whole point of our podcast, right? Just two guys talking, right? But the question that arises to my mind is that why the hell would the government pay four thousand bucks for a single test? Why would government do that? So think about the final objective that you want. The state does not have the capacity, and by capacity I mean they don't have physical space, they don't have physical doctors, testers, clinical staff, etc. to test each and every citizen of this country. So what they need is they need other people to step in. Everything cannot be done by the government, and if your final objective is You have to increase the testing capacity of this country. You also have to take help from other people, and other people are only going to help if they have some incentive. They can make profit out of it. Money is the biggest player here. Money is the biggest motivator here. So, if that's your final objective, if you give the freedom to make money out of testing, but at the end of the day, you also don't want only the rich people getting the benefit out of it. So, you also want it to be accessible to most of the country. In that case, what you do is you just compensate the people because money is easy to give, but setting up labs, training clinic personnel, etc., that is difficult to do because giving money is easy. You just compensate that money so that many people get tested. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I think that that argument makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think that is it. 